Hello, brothers and sisters. Uh, glad to be with you once again for a brand new week of teaching. We're talking about overcoming obstacles. Uh, this week, I'm going to try to deal with me and my wife here at the King House Studios in Mobile, Alabama. We're going to have uh, <clears throat> try to deal with things in your all's lives and even our lives and the way we overcome these trials and these tribulations and these obstacles. We overcome it by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Our testimony is the New Testament because we're under the New Covenant. But you have to take the words that has been written in the Bible, make them out of a confession, and use those words to fight a warfare. You're actually fighting a war, but you're not fighting with your hands. You're not hooking and jabbing, cutting and stabbing in the natural, but you are hooking and jabbing, cutting and stabbing. For the weapons of all warfare are not carnal. See, it's not carnal any longer. Where you pick up a brick and go upside somebody's head. No, nah, you don't do it that way. Jesus said, turn the other cheek. But we are still fighting. Except the weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. Somebody say, mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We know strongholds have to be pulled down. But we want to minister on how are they pulled down. They're pulled down by words. Jesus used words to heal people. Jesus used words to raise the dead. He said, Lazarus, come forth. Jesus sent his word and healed you. Glory, hallelujah. The power over death is in what words? The power unto life is in what words? You overcome them by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of the New Testament or the words of your testimony. Even in the Old Testament, God was trying to tell his children that they were what? The head and not the tail. He was trying to tell them that they was above only and not beneath. He didn't consider it humility to confess negative about yourself. Do you know the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel when they called themselves grasshoppers in their own sight and in the sight of their enemies? That didn't bless God. God didn't say you was very humble by having a neg negative confession of yourself. You know, most people be glad if you have a negative confession of yourself, and they think that it's humility. And uh, most people be happy if you uh, um, uh, be mad if you had a a positive confession and happy if you had a negative confession. But see, you don't want to be arrogant. But if you notice, Muhammad Ali used to always say, I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest. I'm a bad man. And I never saw him fight in the flesh. Uh, anytime I saw him fight, because that was before my time, it was on a tape. But we all know Muhammad Ali is the greatest fighter, right? Because you'd have heard him say that. But when you look at his record, he didn't even go undefeated. I think he might have lost four or five fights. You got fighters that hadn't lost hardly any fights. So what I'm saying is his confession, even even if he wasn't doing it on purpose, I heard he had a Pentecostal background. But even if he if he was doing that just off of what he felt like doing, he rose or ascended to his confession. And you will rise or descend according to your confession. But we're talking about overcoming obstacles. We're going to go to John, the 
the uh, 16th chapter and at the 33rd verse, it says, these things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you for this word. Lord, I decree over the hearers of this word that they are overcome us according to what is written, that they overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Father, let knowledge that they're overcomers enter into their inner man. And Lord, let wisdom on how to use the scriptures to overcome be presented to them in plainness, Father, and to make it practical, Father, where they can put it to practice in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, Jesus himself was telling his disciples, if you read that whole chapter, he spoke many things to them, telling them this and that and so forth and so on. But he said, in him, he wrote those things that you was going to have peace, right? But he said, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. Now, it sounds like a contradictory statement, but it's not. Jesus was plainly telling them that they was going to have troubles. Don't be alarmed or don't be surprised or the fiery trials like some strange, strange thing has happened. Even Paul, writing to the Ephesians, he said, put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand in the evil day. And some of that armor was what? The shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Have your loins girded about with truth. What is truth? Thy word is truth. And your feet shall with the preparation of the gospel. You got to prepare yourself. Now, the way you put your armor up is by what? Using words, which has been my theme forever on my messages. You put the arm of God up by using the word of God. I want to use another scripture. Let's go to, um, I'm going to have my wife read uh, what that is, First John 5 and 4. What that say? It says, for whosoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So now, your victory that overcometh the world is your faith. What is your victory? Somebody say, my faith. My faith. Now, let me ask you this. How is your faith released? God has given to every man a measure of faith. And your faith could grow. Uh, one place in Thessalonians, Paul told them that your faith grow it exceedingly. Uh, one way your faith could grow, it grows by hearing and uh, hearing the word of God. You see what I'm saying? Uh, another way it grows, it grows by confession. Um, your faith in an evil matter, it grows by evil report. That's why God was mad at the children of Israel when, when he wanted them to take the land. Because... Ten other spies brought back an evil report, and they preached Satan's doctrine to the people, to the whole country, got overran with fear, which is what you're seeing now. And the Spirit of God could not overcome their negative confession. See what I'm saying? When you submit to fear and you submit to, to weakness and you submit to, to defeat and you see yourself as a grasshopper, you see yourself as inferior. You see yourself uh, as unable to get the victory. You see yourself dying. You see, 
See, when you see yourself that way, it's nothing God can do to help you. One place Jesus said he could not do many miracles because of the people's unbelief. We're talking about overcoming obstacles. Um, let's read that again, what I just read in uh, 1 John uh, 5 and 4. It says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. When you're born of God, you're going to overcome the world. You're going to overcome sickness. You're going to overcome poverty. You're going to overcome spiritual death. You're going to overcome divorce. You're going to overcome um, the, the, the uh, unforgiveness. You will overcome hatred. You will overcome unforgiveness. You will overcome sickness. You will overcome poverty. You will overcome whoever is standing in your way. This is your victory. What is your victory? Even your confession, even your faith. See, Jesus said, these things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the word. In the word, in your confession, you're going to have your peace. In your confession, you're going to have a victory. In your decreeing the words of God, while you're in your tribulation, you got to remember, I got to stay calm. I got to, I got to spend time in prayer. You know, you know the one thing the enemy try to do to all of us, he try to suck up our prayer life. Because when you're praying, he can't defeat you because you're constantly, you might pray for 30 minutes or whatever, but during that time, you're releasing uh, the sword of the spirit against him. You're releasing war against him. And, and by your prayer, you're putting up the shield of faith, such as no evil shall befall me, neither shall any plague come near my dwelling. That's a shield I just put up. See, when you're using the word of God, you're fighting a good warfare. You're, you're overcoming by your faith. I'm out of time. Be blessed. I got a lot to say tomorrow. Have a good day. Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to be with you once again. We're talking about overcoming obstacles. Oh, Father, let the spirit of wisdom and revelation fall upon the hearers of these words, Lord. I pray that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened like never before in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, we talked about yesterday how you overcome by the blood of the Lamb, which is the shed blood of Jesus Christ, Jesus being the word, and the word of your testimony. Your testimony or your will and testament is the New Testament, Matthew through Revelation. You find out what you have in Christ by reading the, the scriptures, particularly the writings of, of Paul. Jesus came to the Jews and Paul went, came to the Gentiles and revealed to us what we have in Christ. Just like in the 28th chapter of Deuteronomy, Moses revealed to the children of Israel what they had under their covenant, that they was lenders and not bars, that they was the head and not the tail, that they was above only and not beneath, that God had put none of those sicknesses upon them that he put upon the Egyptians. See, he said he won't put them on them, but he'll put them on the ones that hate you, that they had divine protection. David would go to war with his enemies, and none of David's men would die. See what I'm saying? Israel will go to war. None of their men would die. They'll blow trumpets and whole walls will fall down. Well, we have this type of covenant with the Lord. We're we under a blood covenant. Now, I talked about how tribulations and trials will come. You don't think that the enemy won't try to put a fever on you? You don't think that he won't try to put a sickness on you? You don't think that he won't try to attack your spouse? That he won't try to attack your home? That he won't try to attack you? Well, you're mistaken. 
Your job is as a soldier in the army of the Lord, you are enlisted. You've been drafted when you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You was automatically put into the war. That's why Paul said, put on the whole armor of God. So I talked about that, how the sword of the spirit is the word of God. Now you have the knowledge of what you got to do. Now we're going to show you how to put it to practice. We're going to go to Isaiah, the 54th chapter, and we're going to start at the 13th verse. And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. And righteousness shalt thou be established. Thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near thee. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. All right, now, we're going to stop right there for a second. This says the prophet Isaiah prophesying about what's supposed to be. This word says all of our children shall be taught of the Lord. Now, did God change his mind? No, he didn't. And great shall be the peace of thy children. Did God change his mind? No, he didn't. Now, let me ask you a question. This might not apply to everybody. How many have children that it seems like the Lord not teaching them at all? That they're getting high and drunk and, and doing whatever. It seems like they're not being taught of the Lord. How many of you have children uh, that's little and, uh, and grown, for that matter, that, that they don't have peace? So if the enemy is violating the word of God, your job is to make him behave. But I say, wait a minute. And you call your children out name by name, and you say, I declare over John John. That he is taught of the Lord. I declare over John John that great shall be his peace. It is written, Holy Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, that John John is taught of the Lord and great is his peace. And you hold fast to that confession without wavering, and God shall bring it to pass. I read in Psalm 37, I think around the fifth verse, God say, Trust in him, and he shall bring it to pass. God, in Psalms 119, he, it says he watches over his word to perform it. Now, what the confession does is it gets out all the unbelief. Once you keep saying this over and over and over again, it builds a faith into your inner man. You're building that scripture. You're building faith into your inner man by your confession. And what it does is it releases angels because Psalms 103 and 20, it says, angels hearken unto the voice of your word. I remember a man told me one time, he said uh, he had a revelation that he didn't have to pray out loud because the devil might hear him. Well, the devil, the one really told that fellow not to pray out loud. May the Lord bless his darling heart. The devil told him not to pray out loud because the devil know the word. He knew that when that guy was praying out loud, that the angels was hearkening unto his prayers. Whenever you pray the scriptures, you're releasing power. You're releasing the sword. The sword of the spirit is the word of God, according to Ephesians, the sixth chapter. So you'll take that one scripture and you use it as a battle axe. You use it as a machine gun. You use it as a nuclear bomb against the enemy, and, and God shall bring it to pass. And that next verse, it says, in righteousness shall thou be established. Now, God has made you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus by his shed blood. You've been made righteous. You are a partaker of his divine nature. 
All of this is according to the scriptures. You've been made the righteousness of God in him. And that's in 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. So you are establishing righteousness by saying, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Pop quiz, how do you get established in righteousness? By saying, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The more you say it, the more you are established. The less you say it, you might feel condemned, see, because your strength is built by confession. Now it says, thou shalt be far from oppression. How many feel oppressed on the job? Well, they're violating the scripture. You know, God will always partner with the person that's in the word. God would always partner with the person that's right by the scriptures. See, I refuse to be oppressed. And, and because I refuse to be oppressed, if you're trying to oppress me, the spirit of God is going to rise up against you. See, he's on my side because he told me I'll be far from oppression. So say this. Say, I bind the spirit of witchcraft control and intimidation, and I drive it away from my job. I drive it away from my home. I drive it away from my city. In the name of the Lord Jesus, for it is written, I am far from oppression. And that's how you use the word to overcome that obstacle. And you keep doing it. And you keep doing it. You keep doing it till that peace comes. See, in him you're going to have peace, but in the world you're going to have tribulation. That's what we talked about yesterday. For thou shalt not fear. Every time they try to present fear on TV, you got to say, oh, no. The word of God says I shall not fear because they're trying to load you down with fear. They're violating the word of God by telling you to fear. And from terror, I will not be terrorized. It shall not come near me. They're trying to tell me it's coming near me. I said it won't. I said no evil befall me. Neither shall any plague come down my door. I said it won't. God shall bring it to pass. That was saying Psalm 37 and 5. See, you know why I had to read the word like that? One time I took the first 50 chapters of Psalm, listened to it for, for a few days. Then the next 50, listened to it for a few days. Then the next 50... Listen to it for a few days. Well, it might seem like you're wasting your time, but what will happen is once you keep listening and listening and listening and listening, those words start to resonate on your spirit. And then when a problem comes up, you can take what you have read and listened to, and you can use it as a warfare tool. And you can use the words of God to war against the enemy that is trying to make you not get what God wants you to have. See, he said, it shall not come near thee. Now watch this. Uh, verse 15, it said, behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. Glory, people will gather together. They will talk about you. When they're gathering together and talking about you, they're releasing witchcraft. Some of the worst kind of witchcraft is Christian witchcraft, charismatic witchcraft. Well, the people at the church don't like you or whatever because these people have faith. And some of them, they want something bad to happen to you so you can get in line with their belief system on doctrine so forth and so on. Don't do that, brothers and sisters. Don't practice that type of witchcraft. Hallelujah. But you got demons and demonic people that do the same thing. They get dolls and stick pins in the dolls and cause pains to come to your body, cause stiffness to come in your neck, so forth and so on. Well, the Bible say that, yeah, they're going to gather together, but he said not by him. He didn't tell them to do that. Whoever, whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall for thy sake. You heard that? They're going to fall for your sake. Glory. Verse 16, behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire. I'm going to skip that because I'm out of time. But verse 17 says, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, you're going to condemn. This is your heritage as a servant, our sons and daughters of God, and your righteousness is of the Lord. 
you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and you shall say, no weapon that are formed against me shall prosper. I am the righteousness of God. Be blessed. Hello, brothers and sisters. This is Sister King coming to you today. I wanted to ask everybody a question. Do you remember or have you ever been into a fight, like a physical fight with a person? Or have you ever wanted to fight a person? Well, that same feeling that you get when you're in a fight or you want to fight is the same feeling that you should have against the enemy. What you have against a person, you know, in the flesh, you should have against the enemy in the spirit. And I want to read right here in Psalms where it says, uh, I'm in Psalms, um, I'm some, one, Psalms 107, and I'm starting at the 19th chapter, I mean the 19th verse. It says, then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. And that's the kind of God we serve. Instead of fighting in the flesh, we can fight in the spirit. We can cry out to God, our Father. You know what I'm saying? And he will save us. That's what his word says. And there are too many times in my life where I have either fought someone or wanted to fight someone, but I had to get in my prayer closet and cry out to the Lord. It's just like you say, you know, back we used to say, I'm going to tell my daddy, I'm going to tell my mama. Well, we can go to God, our Father. Jesus Christ, and we can tell our Heavenly Father all about our troubles, and He is He is always there. He's gonna always show up, just like our just like our physical parents would probably show up. He will show up. So I just want to encourage you all: if you've got a problem, call your daddy Jesus. He'll show up. Amen. And then on uh, Psalms thirty-seven, and at verse four, it says, "Delight thyself also in the Lord." And he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Now, when I read that last part, he shall bring it to pass, that's, that, that registered on my inner man. See, because we're talking about overcoming obstacles. What, what obstacle do you have today? Whatever the obstacle is, Whatever the word of God says he will do, surely he'll bring it to pass. Hallelujah. If if he say, I'm the Lord thy God, that heal it thee, God is able to make good on that promise. The key is to hold fast to your profession without wavering. See, it's easy to confess this right now because I feel good in my body. But the trial, the tribulation come with, can I confess that when I feel bad? I remember a couple of Sundays ago, uh, uh, not the Sunday, Saturday night before the Sunday, I laid down and I felt alarming symptoms, felt fever in my body, felt like I wasn't going to make it. And I remember that the Lord shall bring it to pass. I started saying that uh, I have what I say, and I say I'll wake up and go to church tomorrow. I say that this fever is broken in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, did did all of a sudden, did soon I say that, did it? Did I become cool in my body? No. When I said that, did all the symptoms disappear immediately? No. But see, I remember that the Lord shall bring it to pass. 
So I held, I held firm to my profession of faith without wavering. I did not waver. I did not waver. And I held fast to that profession, and surely the Lord did bring it to pass. When I woke up, I felt good, and I went on to church. Many times I'd have had symptoms in my body that might have suggested that I could have this and could have that. But what I did is I remember that the word of the Lord says, the Lord my God that healed me. I remember that he said, no weapon formed against me shall prosper, and that every tongue that's risen against me in judgment I shall condemn. You know, I'd have had tongues try to speak different illnesses. on. Oh, you better be careful. Well, don't say nothing to me when you get this or get that. Look, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You need to have the same confession. See, I went to Psalm 27 the other day. I was fighting this little insomnia, right? One, one thing that brings sickness really is a lack of sleep. I say, well, Lord, you know I want to sleep. But the enemy trying to fight me with insomnia. I see his plan. He want to deprive you of sleep so he can break down your immune system. Because, see, your body heals when it when it rests, when it sleeps. So beware of uh, not getting sleep. Don't, you can't go all the time without sleep. Well, to make a long story short, it's not my fault, really, because I'm in a spiritual warfare. I fight just like everybody else. But the enemy deprived me a few days of my sleep. And so I woke up, the symptoms, some of these symptoms tried to come. You know, I'm already fighting. I can't watch the news because they're they releasing all this unbelief. So I had to go pray because I'm a supernatural being. I have world overcoming faith on the inside of me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm not subject to what the world is subject to. When the pestilence come, I am not subject to the pestilence because I am a believer in Christ. So I will not accept it. I will not listen to the news. Me, they say, oh, well, a thousand people got it. Well, it shall not come near me. Only with my eyes shall I see and behold the plan of the wicked. Hallelujah. But I went to Psalm 27, and I, I, and I was delivering mail, and I put my, my phone where I hold my, my scanner, and I put it on Psalm 27. I said, the Lord is my light, Psalm 27 and 1. I said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And I probably said that five minutes, the Lord, the Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus, you are my life. The Lord Jesus, you are my salvation. Then I thought to myself, I said, what that mean? Salvation means deliverance. So, Lord Jesus, you are my light. You're, in other words, Lord, you don't want to give me wisdom. In other words, Lord, you don't want to give me uh, deliverance. It's not man that does it. It's not man's wisdom that does it. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my wisdom. The Lord is my deliverance. You sent your word and deliver me out of my distresses. You sent your word, and heal me. And I, I read that for a little while. Praise God. I want to encourage you all. On um, Yesterday when I went to work, I was battling some things myself. You know, women, we battle a lot of little things in our bodies. And um, my back was bothering me. My feet was bothering me. I, I went to the foot doctor. They said I had this. I went to the back doctor. He said I had this. But I said, Lord, I give it to you. I said, Lord, you are my strength. You are my provider. You are my healer. I was talking to myself the other day. My, I mean, the pain was excruciating. But I told my feet, I said, oh, you gone. You gone line up in Jesus' name. I told my back, I said, vertebrae, you might as well line up in Jesus' name. I said, because we going to work. And I, that's how you have to fight the enemy. That fight rose up on me to start fighting the enemy. He was blowing blows. He was throwing his blows. And I said, nah, I'm going to hit you back. I said, Hallelujah. because my father in heaven says that by his stripes, 
I am healed. Not was healed, devil, but I am healed in the name of Jesus. And I said, no weapon formed against me shall prosper in the name of Jesus. So I was telling these pains, I said, you a liar. I'm healed in the name of Jesus. You are a liar. I'm healed in the name of Jesus. And saints, that's what we have to say. We have to fight. That's the type of fight we have to fight, not just for, sick, for sickness, but for, for everything, our children, ourselves, our spouses, our family members. This is how we have to fight. Amen. You can't be passive. And see, that same uh, uh, verse in Psalm 27 and 1. See, it's, a, it's plenty of scripture you can take. This is the one I took that day. You know that my wife quoted uh, several, and I do it the same way. We're releasing the sword, the sword of the spirit. I remember my wife had a vision one time about the sword. I might get her to tell that tomorrow. But it says the Lord, the, the second half of that verse, and I quoted this stuff about 15 minutes, say the Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Of whom shall I be afraid? I'm not afraid of anything. Lord, I'm not afraid of death, for I have eternal life. Now, it wasn't always that way. I'm an overcomer. How you overcome? We talked about that Monday. See, your victory is in overcoming is your faith. So your faith is released by saying. Your faith is released by saying. Oh, register that on your spirit. If you don't say anything, you're not releasing faith. Amen. Your faith is known by your words. You'll know what kind of faith a person has by what they say. You'll know what they believe, what they say. You cannot separate a man from his words, just like you cannot separate God from his word. God will make it come to pass. He will bring it to pass. I said, the Lord is the strength of my life. I kept saying, the Lord is the strength of my life. My God, the Spirit of God came on upon me, and I finished that day out, and I was strong. Yeah. And sometimes I do that, I be too strong, well, I can't go to sleep that night. That be some of it, because I start all week sometimes. But when I keep confessing all day, the Lord is my strength of my life, you can do it, and the power of God will come upon you, and you won't be stopped. Brothers and sisters, we enjoyed y'all. Have a good day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Be blessed. Hello once again, brothers and sisters, on this Thursday morning. Hallelujah. We're talking about overcoming obstacles. Glory, I bless you, and I pour the blood of Jesus Christ upon you, and I say you're blessed, and I say you are an overcomer. Father, let the spirit of Gideon come upon the hearers of my words in the name of the Lord Jesus. Glory, in the, in the book of Ephesians, the sixth chapter and at the tenth verse, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You remember I was telling you yesterday I, when I wasn't strong in my physical body, I used my words to cause the spirit of God to come upon me strong. See, I wasn't strong in myself. I was strong in the power of his might. The spirit of might came upon me just like it came upon Samson. You know, I had been, I read the book of, uh, uh, what it was, Judges and all that. About a week ago, and I thought about Samson, how the Spirit of God had come upon him. He rent, he rent a line like he was a kid, just, just tore him to pieces. That's, that, see, that, that's representative of the power of God in the natural. You know, in the Old Testament, they did things naturally. You know, they'll literally kill a lamb and take the blood and sprinkle it that way. But on the New Covenant, see, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they mounted through God to the pulling down a stronghold, but they're still strong. So God took a natural man like Samson, probably a little skinny little son. He's probably about five, five, 138 pounds. That Now, that's in my mind. Because he, if he was a big man, 
it would have been easy. You can see how he can win, like Saul. See, Saul and David, Saul was a big old guy. David was a little ruddy fella. In my spirit, I see Samson as a little ruddy fella and see the spirit of God came upon him, and he did that. And it's representative of the day, and then uh, they tried to get the advantage of him, you know, and it made sport of him. Yeah, we got that. We got the man of God. Now we got him, and he killed more of them in his death than when he was living. Well, in the New Testament, it's the same thing. We're releasing the power of God. And the enemy, you know, sometimes he want to laugh. He want to practice his witchcraft. He want to do what he want to do. But see, this says, be, be, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Like I mentioned last week, we ain't going to go to the wars and arm and navy store and get a pistol and get a shield like they got on uh, what's, it, what's that movie, the Marvel? What's the guy got the shield? What's his name? Captain America. Captain America. No, we ain't going to do it that way like Captain America have a shield. You're going to put your arm on by your confession. Why? Because verse 12 says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So you're not having a judo match at the Olympics, getting in there wrestling uh, like they do the WWF or the WWE. No, you're, you, you're having a wrestling match, but you're not wrestling against people, flesh and blood per se, but against principalities. Principalities are spirits against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Spiritual mean persons without bodies. You're wrestling against demonic beings. And the way you defeat demonic beings is by using something that is not physical, which is words. Your words are going to defeat the devil. Your words are how you put your arm up. Your words are what get the job done. And see, he's saying, wherefore, well, take unto you the whole arm of God or the whole word of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, and therefore having your loins girt about with truth. What well, is true? God's word is true. And having on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, I'm going to go show you how to put that breastplate on. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I mean, you got to study. And above all, taking the shield of faith, where wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fire darts of the wicked. The shield of faith is your confession. Your confession as a shield. Your shield is your confession taking the word of God and confessing it over you to protect yourself, protect your family, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Jesus is your salvation. You put a lot of this stuff on by Hebrews 10, where it's talking about Jesus is, I, I read it the other day in Psalm 27, where it says, the Lord is my, my light and my strength. He's my salvation. See what I'm saying? So the helmet of salvation is confessing Jesus Christ as Lord. That's how you get salvation. It says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall have salvation or shall be saved. Salvation and saved is the same thing. The shield of faith is when you when you confess the word saying, no evil befall me, neither shall any plague come to my dwelling. If you notice in Psalms, Psalms is a bunch of David's confessions, which he will take confessions and sing them out. They'll sing confessions. When I go to church, my God, why they get to singing one of those confessions? And just keep on singing that confession to become real on the inside of you. So, look, let's go to uh, uh, Hebrews, the 10th chapter. And uh, we're going to start at the, um, the 22nd verse. 
Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. So you got to hold fast your profession without wavering because he is faithful to bring it to pass. God, somebody say, God shall bring this thing to pass. And the way you bring it to pass is you got to confess what the word of God says while it don't look like it's working. Now, I've talked to a lot of people. They say, oh, this person doing this. Oh, this person doing that. Oh, this going on with my body and this going on. And I could tell by them telling me that that they really don't know how to develop their confession. Because, see, when you get a real good revelation of confession, it's hard for you to confess what's wrong with your body because you're constantly confessing what the word says to people almost might think you don't get sick. And I'll tell you this, you won't really ever really get sick. The sick, what I mean by that, the sickness of try to tamper with you, but you will drive it out by your confession. See, you'll learn by hearing what I'm saying now and hearing other people who minister like this, you'll learn your power is in your confession. See, your power is in what you say over and over and over again. In the book of James, at the sixth chapter, it said, but let uh, James 1 and at the sixth verse, not sixth chapter, James, the first chapter, the sixth verse, it says, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Now, you cannot have a double confession. You can't confess that I'm healed, and then when the symptoms get worse, say it's not working. That I think that's where a lot of people miss it. They confess that they heal, and right when they confess that, the devil make the symptoms worse. Yeah. And, <laughs> and when the symptoms get worse, you double back and say, well... I guess it didn't work. Well, see, now you got a double confession. Now you're not trying to do that. See, the interest of thy word bring it light. The Holy Spirit is bringing light to that so that you can remember sometimes when you confess your healing, the symptoms might get worse. Yes. And you need to hold fast to your original confession. Yes. If you're praying for a loved one, when you start confessing the word of God over them, I talked about that in Isaiah 54. Sometimes they might act worse. Mm -hmm. And you got to <laughs> hold fast to your confession. Remember Jesus said, tribulation is going to come, yes, but be a good cheer. Yes. I have overcome the world. You overcome how? By the blood of the lamb and your word of the testimony. And how else you overcome? This is your victory, even your faith. So what happens is when you begin to establish a strong confession, you're going to be tried. You know, Jesus uh, tried the children of Israel to prove them, and they didn't, they didn't really succeed in the proving part. We're going to be proved also. Are you just in it because you, you think everything's supposed to go peaches and cream? And it will go peaches and cream after you done passed the, uh, the trials and entered into that rest by holding fast to your confession without wavering. It's going to straighten everything out, and it's going to be the days of heaven on earth. But first, you got to overcome. Blessed is he that overcometh. How do you overcome? 
You overcome by that word, by confession of the word, by holding fast to your profession without wavering. For he shall bring it to pass, for he's faithful, that promise. I got a lot to say, brothers and sisters. I hadn't gotten to half of it, but I'm out of time. Be blessed. Talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day. Hello, brothers and sisters. This is the last day of the week. Glad you've been with me. We're talking about overcoming obstacles. Father, in the name of Jesus, let grace, grace, and mercy, Lord. Let your mercy endure forever upon the hearers of this word. Bless you, Lord Jesus, for your good and your mercy endure forever. Blessed be the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and your mercy endure forever. So let us partake of that divine mercy, Father. Let it be upon me. Let it be upon the hearers. Let it be mercy today in the name of the Lord Jesus. You know, one obstacle, uh, a lot of people's battles, I've been trying to talk about overcoming obstacles. You know, overcoming sickness, we're talking about that. Overcoming uh, your children in certain areas. Overcoming people that are speaking against you to hinder you practicing witchcraft with their words. We've been talking about overcoming. You over, you can overcome uh, financial uh, shortfall, you know, by, by giving what you want to receive. That's how it works. It's a spiritual law of sowing and reaping. But you also, you sow words. You say the wealth of the wicked is laid up for me to righteous. Say that every day. Say money comes to me. Don't, you know, some people have a confession like this. They'll say, man, every time... I get a check, it's gone. One one lady just told me the other day, I, I went through the drive through get something to eat at work. And the lady said, I can't win for losing. She said, uh, you know, uh, this stopped working, as soon as that stopped working, that stopped working, as soon as that stopped working, that stopped working. And she said, I can't win for losing. And, you know, Lord bless her darling heart. She don't mean any harm. She learned that because she didn't heard somebody else say that, older lady. But what I'm saying is, I want to show you, don't say that out of love. Don't say I can't win for losing. Because when you say that, you establish that as a fact. Every time God wants you to win, your words will overcome what God wants because you just release that you can't win for losing. So that means you got to lose. And the devil is the one trying to make you lose, and he's using your own mouth to release his will. Let me say that again. The devil is the one who wants you to lose, and he, if you allow it, he'll use your own mouth to cause you to lose. So you overcome financial shortfalls by being a giver, being being a person that's um don't mind giving, but also couple that with your confession. Confess what the Bible says about giving. Don't let nobody tell you that. Giving don't work because the Bible say give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, press down, shaking together, running over, men giving to your bosom. <clears throat> Pardon me, I think that's in Matthew the sixth chapter. But I want to talk about overcoming uh people that do stuff to you. Uh, Romans twelve and at verse fourteen, it says, Bless them with which persecute you, bless and curse not. Well, I believe if I bless them that uh, persecute me, blessing I curse not. You know, maybe if I miss it, or the people I done missed it with in the past, maybe God will be merciful to me and cause me to be blessed and curse not. You know, you, you end up getting what you sow. It say rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. 
Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man, evil for evil. Why? Because a divine spiritual law is that God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. I remember I reading the book of Kings. And all those evil kings, God will raise up another evil king and let the evil king be evil to that king. And then when he get in office, another evil king will rise up and be evil to him. And the evil never stopped because everybody was recompensing evil for evil. Well, if you always got to get them back, see, then it's going to come back. But let them do it and then you stop. Say, I'm not getting them back anymore. And then your mercy will endure it forever. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. He that showeth mercy doeth good to his own soul. This is how you overcome that obstacle. You bless your enemies. And you have it in your mind. You know what? I'm going to bless him, bless my enemies, so that God can remember when I missed it, you know, that, that I can receive what I just gave. You overcome that obstacle. Say, by faith, Lord, I forgive so-and-so. By faith, I forgive them for what they're they're doing to me because you forgave me of what, what I did to you. That's the reason you do it. You forgive them because God has forgiven you. Remember, that's your reasoning. If you can't, they might not deserve forgiveness, but you're doing it because you didn't deserve it. You're giving them what you receive. You can't give what you don't receive. Have you for, have you received forgiveness? Well, you turn around and give it, and see. And when you give forgiveness. It'll keep on coming to you because you can miss it. Um, praise the Lord, everybody. What I've learned about forgiveness is when you when you make up in your mind that you truly want to forgive a person, you honestly have to say it. And I learned that from uh, Andrew Womack. He was like, you have to say it in order for it to manifest. So I had to say that I forgave a person over and over and over again. Because when I first said, Lord, I forgive this person for what they've done for me, the enemy was whispering, yeah, you don't mean that. Because I truly hated this person. I had hate in my heart for this person. And uh, the enemy will speak to you, and he'll have you thinking that just because you're confessing what God's words say, he'll have you thinking that God isn't listening to you. The first thing... God know your heart? Yeah, God does know your heart. But when you open up your mouth and you begin confessing that you forgive a person that has offended you or has hurt you, God God is listening to that. And and he's going to allow what you're saying to come. It's going to manifest. Yes. And in a minute, after you constantly keep saying it, trust me, believe me when I tell you, it's really gonna manifest. Like you're gonna you're gonna forgive them. You're gonna feel so light when you talk about that thing. You'll find yourself you're not crying about it. You don't feel no kind of uh, resentment or anything towards the person. You know what I'm saying? When a person says their name or says something about that person that has hurt you, you've really forgiven them. So it really is true that you have to say it in order for it to manifest. Well, you know, like she was saying, and what she's really saying also is you forgiving them by faith. Yes. Faith in the word of God. See, we as Christians, we do what the word of God says, even if it seems hard. God God is not going to ask us to do something he wouldn't do himself. You know, he died for us, and he forgave us of our sins and iniquities. 
and he's asking us to do the same thing. You might cry when you're doing it, to be honest with you, but you just force it out of there anyway. Just do it by faith. How is your faith released? By saying. That just like she was saying, you got to say it. Everything that you get from God, it comes by saying or it comes by faith. Faith is the first cousin or the sister and brother of faith. Saying is the cousin of faith. Faith is the cousin of saying. They're brothers, they're sisters, they're twins. Your faith is released by saying, and saying is your faith. You see what I'm saying? So in the same chapter, it said, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto Raphael. It is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, said the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirsts, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. We're talking about overcomers. How do you overcome evil? By keep doing good. Keep doing good. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Talk about the worrying for a little bit. See, we had a lot to say this week. The Bible says, be careful for none or be worried for nothing. But by all things, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. Another place in Peter, I think uh, 5 and 7, 2 Peter 5 and 7, it says, uh, casting all your care upon him for he care for you. Well, me and my wife, she could tell you, we passed up, you know, and she probably had a, a, a even a stronger battle than I did with it. But we didn't pass up some marvelous opportunities to worry. We got an opportunity to right now to be worried if we are yield to it. But what you have to do, you have to say out of your mouth, I refuse to worry about and say what that situation is. And I say, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. I gave it over to the Lord and he works it out. Oh, yeah. And you just keep on casting that care upon the Lord because he cared for you and refuse the word. When it comes out, say, I refuse the word. I have any anxiety about anything. Be blessed. I'll talk to you next week. Have a great weekend.